Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Happy Labor Day weekend to everyone. Would you please help me welcome Orange Park, St. John's and everyone watching online right now. We're so glad that you're with us. and. Uh... Man, it is party time here at Celebration. We are about to honor Jesus and celebrate his goodness uh, in water baptism in just a few moments. And uh, such a great, great day here. We're concluding the series that we've been in since the end of July called I Love My Church. And uh, the context of this series has been around Matthew 16, verse 18, where Jesus says, I will build my church. Everybody say, my church. My church. He, Jesus didn't say, I'll, I'll build a church or some church. He said, I will build my church. Very possessive language. And we've been talking about the beauty of the local church and how important it is to plant your life in a healthy local church. And when you take on that same ownership that Jesus said, my church, when you say, hey, this isn't some church or that church, but, but this is my church, God will push back the gates of hell in your life and you'll really begin to flourish like he wants you to flourish. So we're concluding that series uh, today with this special water baptism service. Look, um, I'm feeling a little bit better right now, but I have been under the weather all weekend. Can you believe it? And on college football kickoff weekend as well, I couldn't even enjoy the games, but uh, I was actually really sick yesterday. My wife, Carrie, she couldn't even make it to church today, so please pray for her, but I, we just think it's some passing crud, and, uh, but I wanted to be here for today, but we are changing it up a little bit. Um, um, I'm going to tag team with a great, one of our great young communicators, one of our great young preachers here that I'm going to call out in just a moment. But before we get into today's message, I want to remind everyone next weekend, uh, we kick off a brand new series. I'll be preaching. I'll be kicking it off called Marriage, Family, and Civilization. And this series is for everyone. It's gonna be our best relationship series ever. Uh, man, I'm gonna be sharing some real, real important truths. I'm gonna be challenging a lot of the things that we're hearing out there in our culture and in our world. And so I really want you to make every effort uh, to make it next Sunday. It's gonna be a great series. And then also wanna remind uh, all of our couples that the following Friday, I believe it's Friday night, uh, August 17th or 18th, we have a comedy date night here at the arena. Um, it'll be a great night for you and your, your spouse or, uh, you know, your fiance or your girlfriend, whatever. You know, it's going to be a great, great night. But hey, we're going to go ahead and continue in our series. I'm going to be back up in just a few moments. But right now, let's get ready to hear a great word from Pastor Clayton Baird, pastor of Sub 30. Come on up. Awesome. How are we doing this morning? Are we good? Great. You look good. Water baptism. Hey, were you, did you love seeing what you saw when you came in, man? Just people getting baptized. Wasn't it awesome? It's the best. It is literally on the calendar, on the church calendar, one of the best weekends all year. I think we do it three times a year, these big water baptism services, and they're always phenomenal. Hundreds and hundreds of people getting baptized. So, hey, if you have your Bible, let's open up to Acts chapter 8. We're gonna get there, and I'm just gonna preach real quick. It's gonna be the shortest message in the history of Clayton Baird. It's gonna be awesome. 
And uh, Pastor Soval is gonna come back up and he's gonna encourage us, actually share a powerful testimony with us that we received and, uh, and you're gonna love hearing that. But Acts chapter eight, starting in verse 26, I'm reading out of the message translation. If you don't have a Bible, it's all good. We got you covered on the Sky Bible. So that was so lame. Um, here we go. Verse 26, it says, later God's angel spoke to Philip. At noon today, I want you to walk over to that desolate road that goes from Jerusalem down to Gaza. And he got up and he went and he met an Ethiopian eunuch coming down the road. And the eunuch had been on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and was returning to Ethiopia where he was minister in charge of all the finances of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. He was riding in a chariot and reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit told Philip, climb into the chariot, run up alongside, uh, running up alongside, Philip heard the eunuch reading Isaiah and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he answered, how can I without some help? And Philip invited into the chariot with him, and the passage he was reading was this, as a sheep led to slaughter and quiet as a lamb being sheared, he was silent, saying nothing. He was mocked and put down, never got a fair trial, but who now can count his kin since he's been taken from the earth? And the eunuch said, tell me, who is this prophet talking about, himself or another? And Philip grabbed his chance, I love that. That's a whole nother message about evangelism. Philip grabbed his chance in that moment and using the passage in the text, he preached Jesus to him. And as they continued down the road, he came to a stream of water and the eunuch said, here's water, why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the chariot to stop and they both went down to the water and Philip baptized him on the spot. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of God suddenly took Philip off and that was the last the eunuch saw of him, but he didn't mind, he had got what he come for and he went down the road as happy as he could be. Awesome. Hey, for just a few moments, literally 17 minutes and 30 seconds left, I wanna share with you on what I have entitled, Go Put Your Ring On. Go put your ring on. Come on, let's pray, we'll get into it. Father, we love you. Lord, thank you. It's a privilege to be in your house this morning, God. Even over just a short period of time in the word this morning, God, you're gonna speak to us. You're gonna bring revelation, God. We're gonna understand some things, maybe that we've never really understood before. God, we're gonna be all the better for it. Lord, today we celebrate many, hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands across our church, God, who today are making a public declaration of their faith by being water baptized. God, it's an awesome day and we celebrate. Uh, we love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen. Man, hey, I have a, a wife, her name's Bethany. We've been married for eight years and uh, love her to death. We have a baby boy, his name's Jude. He turned one year old last month. It's awesome, he's super cool. Like we're talking potential first round draft pick. He's a big deal. And, uh, and so we're having a great time. But look, I, I can remember back to like year one of marriage. Does any, any married couples, you can remember back to like year one. Of, you learn a lot in the first year of marriage. Can I get an amen? So. Uh, you learn a lot, like before you got married, you thought you knew everything, and then you get married and now you know nothing. You know nothing, right? Guys, you thought you knew how to load a dishwasher, you don't know, you don't know. So, so in the first year, you, you learn a lot, right? And so here I am, first year being married to my amazing wife, right? And it's on a Saturday uh, back then, and I remember I'm, I'm kind of getting myself ready. I'm, I'm gonna go out of the house today. I'm gonna run some errands. I'm gonna do some shopping for the house. Right now, as a married man, you live at Home Depot now. You, you're there every Saturday. So I'm gonna go to Home Depot, you know, and I might even play some basketball with some fellas a little bit later. So like these are the plans of my day. And so here I am, I get ready, I see my wife, she's sitting down in the kitchen, I run over to 
to her, I give her a kiss, love you, babe, I'm on my way out. And as soon as I run and grab to the front door to leave the house, she asks me this question. She says, hey, um, aren't you forgetting something? And, I, and I'm thinking right now, like, ladies, if you only knew the panic that comes over men when you ask us that question, I'm thinking, like, did I forget to do a household chore? Is it an anniversary of some sort today? Uh, is it, like, the first time we kissed or the first time we said I love you? Is it the first time we ate tacos together? I don't know. There's so much. I can't keep track. All, all of these different things. Hey, hey, aren't you forgetting something, right? So in that moment, I'm thinking to myself, how do I get out of this one? What have I forgotten? And so I answer her question with another question that's hopefully gonna get me out of the doghouse. I look back at her and I say, well, what do you think I'm forgetting? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> please let that save me. And she, and she looks at me and she says this, she says, where's your wedding ring? Where is your wedding ring, and I responded back to her. I said, well, well look, babe, like today, it's just, a, it's just it's a chill day today. It's just, it's kind of chill. I mean, I'm just, I'm out running some errands. I'm going to Home Depot. Might play a little bit of basketball later. I didn't feel like today's activities necessarily called for me to wear jewelry, so that's why I don't have my ring on, you know? And I, I looked at her, I said, you know, Beth, we're still married even though I don't have my ring on, right? Like, you know that. We're, we're still married even when I'm not wearing my wedding ring. And she responded to me, and this is what she said. She said, Clay, um, you know that we're married, and I know that we're married, but that ring on your finger is so everybody else <laughs> knows that we're married. And then she looked at me and she said, so go put your ring on, right? And then what do you say? Yes, ma'am, okay, so, right? Go put your ring on. Come on, somebody, marriage will preach to you if you let it, am I right? Go put your ring on. You see, church, today on this special water baptism day, look, just like the wedding ring is an external symbol of an internal commitment that you have made to your spouse, so it is, listen, that water baptism, it is an outward declaration, come on, of an inward revelation that Jesus is the one and only Son of God and he's the Lord of my life. That's what water baptism is, an outward declaration of an inward revelation that I'm with Jesus. Water baptism, it's public proof. I'm with Jesus. And just like that wedding ring shows, well, what's, the, what, what's the wedding ring say? When you're out at the town center and you're around town and you're walking with your spouse, the wedding ring shows everyone, hey, I'm with her. I'm with him. That's what water baptism is. When you're water baptized, it shows the whole world, hey, I'm with Jesus. I've made a commitment in my heart and my life. I'm surrendered to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come on, put your ring on. That's what water baptism is all about. And, and listen, church, if you've never done that before, maybe you were on your way in today. You're seeing hundreds of people get baptized. They're standing in a line. People are celebrating and shouting and clapping their hands and taking pictures. If you've never done that before, or I'll even say this, maybe you were baptized like a long, long time ago, but then you kind of fell away from the Lord. You haven't really served Jesus, but here recently, you've kind of come back into a real genuine relationship with God. I mean, water baptism is an important step that we take, showing the world I'm with Jesus. I'm committed and serving Jesus Christ. So it leads me to just a few points that I wanna share with you real quick. The first one is this. If you wanna write some things down, that's awesome. The first point is this. Number one, water baptism doesn't save me, it displays me. Doesn't save me, it displays me. Water baptism does not save me. Understand this, church, Jesus saves me. 
Come on. Jesus, by grace, through faith, I am saved. Water baptism doesn't save me, but it does display me. Am I still married without my wedding ring on? Yes, but the ring shows the world. Am I still saved without water baptism? Yes, but the baptism shows the world. Shows the world. I'm saved. See, I wrote this down. Water baptism, it's a public demonstration of a personal decision that you've made to follow Jesus Christ, okay? Catch that. Public demonstration, personal decision. I love what Pastor Stovall has even said before. Listen, while your faith in Christ is personal, it was never meant to be private. Might be personal, it was never meant to be private. I was thinking about this point as I'm piecing this short message together, I thought about this. Isn't it interesting these days as to what the world is considering what, what should and should not be public and private? Like I thought about this, in my grandparents' generation, there were, there were like a, a, a sphere, a sector of topics that were very, very private topics in my grandparents' generation, but now in our generation, man, they're all over the place out in the open, all over mainstream media, very, very public, but at the same time, the world will tell any public figure or celebrity or athlete who acknowledges Jesus Christ, oh, you just need to be quiet. You need to keep that to yourself. That's private, that's private, that's private. Look, I came to serve notice on the world this morning. If you're gonna be loud and outspoken about your stuff, then we're fixing to get loud and public about our Jesus, come on. It's time to go public with our faith. It's time to get loud about our faith. I'm not gonna let the world decide what gets to be public and private. When it comes to my faith and my declaration of the revelation I've had, oh, I'm gonna get public about it. I'm gonna get loud about Jesus and that's what water baptism does. Public demonstration, yes, but it is a personal decision, never meant to be private. The second thing, about water baptism is this. Water baptism is our way of identifying with the death and resurrection of Jesus, okay? Romans chapter six, you can read it, starting in verse three out of the message translation. Look, that's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. This is what it says in your Bible. When we're lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. And when we're raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. That's what water baptism is. When you go down under the water, the old is gone and now the new in Jesus Christ is here. New life. It's our way of identifying with Jesus. Number three, water baptism is of enough importance, listen to this, that it should be done again if it was done for perhaps the wrong reason the first time. What I mean by that is I'll share a couple examples. I know that maybe there are some in the room and, and you grew up in perhaps a very traditional or liturgical style of church. Maybe you were even uh, baptized as an infant in whatever church that you came from. And, and your parents probably at the time, they're just trying to do the best with what they know and they just, you know, this is what we do. And so we brought our baby to the church as an infant and, and they're just trying to do their best. But, but see, as an infant, it wasn't your faith and your understanding, right? But, but now, as a full-grown adult, it, it's your profession of faith that saves you. Come on, it's your faith mixed with his grace that leads to salvation. So I would say that if that was your history and that was your prior baptism, we would say, man, even today, now as an adult, it's important for you to be water baptized upon your profession of faith. I'm glad for my parents' faith, but their faith ain't getting me into heaven. Come on, it's, it's my faith and my profession that's gonna lead me to eternal life. And, and so we would say, man, be baptized again. 
Do it today now as an adult. You know, another thing I thought of is I talked to some people and they say, well, Pastor Clay, I got, I got baptized in middle school or high school. I'm like, all right, you know, tell me about it. Well, you know, I was at a, I was at a summer camp and all my friends were getting baptized and I kind of didn't just want to stand by myself, so I just jumped in line anyway and, uh, you know. And, and I'm glad you, know, you were there, but, but if you just jumped in line because you didn't wanna be standing alone, that's not really the reason we get water baptized again. It's a profession of faith. It's me. It's my belief in who I understand Jesus Christ to be in my world, and I wanna show the world that I'm with Jesus. So if, if it was done for maybe all those other types of reasons, man, today let's do it for the right reason. Let's do it for the right reason, man, professing Jesus Christ. And as the band comes up and and joins me, and I'll pass it to pastor in just a second. The last one, number four. Water baptism should be done as soon as possible after a person has repented and decided to follow Jesus. ASAP, as soon as possible. I love what, you know, we read uh, at the beginning there, Acts chapter eight about the Ethiopian. The Bible says this, the Bible says that Philip shares the gospel with the man, right? Philip, he goes out of his way, he presents Jesus, he gives this man an opportunity to understand the scriptures and then receive Jesus Christ. And I love it, the very next thing the Ethiopian man wants to do after he has heard and received the message is go tell the world. It's the very next thing, he's riding on a chariot he just got saved and he looks and there's a puddle of water, there's a stream of water and he says, why can't I be baptized? The very next thing that rises up inside of him after this amazing decision, I gotta tell, I gotta show, I gotta go public with this faith. What's he saying? He's saying, I gotta put my ring on. I gotta put my, my ring on, I want everyone to know this. I wanna show anyone and everyone that may be passing by or watching in this moment, I'm with Jesus. I, I love what he actually says in verse 36, the Ethiopian man, he says these words. He says, why can't I be baptized? Why can't I? He, he looks around. He's like, I mean, there, there, there's some water right there. I'm here, Philip, you're here. You know, there's may, maybe people pass it. Why can't I be baptized right now? Church, the answer is very, very simple. You can, right now, today. You can be baptized, maybe for the very first time. I, I can tell you this. Why can't you? We got everything you need. Everything you need. We got changes of clothes. We got towels. We, we got some water outside. You saw it as you were coming in. We, we have everything that you need. We have people taking pictures of you and your family and the whole deal. We got pastors waiting outside to, to baptize hundreds. We will stay as long as we have to to baptize every single person who wants to today. Why can't I be baptized? You can today, right now. Sunday, September 6th, 2015 could be a day that you will never ever forget because it's the day, hear me, where you're gonna put your ring on and you're gonna go public with your faith in Jesus Christ. Every, all of our campuses are participating. Orange Park, St. John's, they're all doing hundreds and hundreds. Probably next week, you're gonna see the testimony. You're gonna see a video of some sort where we will show you the hundreds upon hundreds who are participating today. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. Come on, can I pray for you real quick? Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes? I wanna pray for you. Right now, man, if, if your heart's beating and pounding, good chance that's the Holy Spirit talking, saying today is your day. Now is the time, we're not gonna wait. Look, we got everything we need, just like the Ethiopian said, why can't it happen today? There's really no reason it couldn't. Today is the day, go put your ring on and let's go public 
with our faith. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every single person. God, we thank you for the wisdom and the understanding that, that your word brings by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, today, I pray that you would give so many more the boldness and the courage to make that public declaration today. God, we've had an inner uh, revelation, but God, today is a public demonstration. We're showing the world I'm with Jesus. God, we're going public and we're getting loud about our faith. God, we're not ashamed. We're not ashamed of, of who you are and, and life inside of Christ. God, we are proud and we're loud about it. Jesus, today we celebrate you. It's a celebration day at Celebration Church. God, we love you. And today we participate and it's gonna be full of joy and excitement. And God, we're cheering one another on and we welcome your Holy Spirit in the midst of all of us. In, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, amen. Come on, give God a hand. What a great, what a great word from Pastor Clay. Hey, uh. Here's what I want to do before we get started with water baptisms. I want to read a testimony. And, uh, you know, we get hundreds and hundreds of testimonies here at Celebration, but I got this one. This one was sent to us uh, back in mid-July before we ever even started the I Love My Church series. And I actually didn't read it until a few weeks ago. And I just thought this so illustrates what we've been preaching about. Uh, this past month. And it also helps to remind everyone that behind all these numbers we talk about, you know, we, we've had over a thousand new people join the church this month. We've seen over 2,000 decisions for Christ. And we, we, we talk about all these numbers. Remember, behind every number is a person that has a story that has a testimony. And uh, I want to read this one story. And Anastasia is gonna be the first person that we're gonna baptize uh, today. And this is her testimony. This is her story right here. It'll just take a few minutes uh, to read. She says, just a thank you in hopes this reaches Pastor Stovall, Pastor Kerry, and the rest of the team at Celebration. Huh, little did she know I'd be reading it from the pulpit, right? She says, let me start by explaining that, <clears throat> let me start by explaining that for my entire life, I've struggled with faith. My belief in God, Jesus, and the Bible, the miracles in the Bible versus things that I know to be true based off what is proven through science are a constant debate in my mind. I'm never accepting of any one idea, so I often engage in religious discussions with Christians and atheists in order to find some truth which sends my mind racing and questioning every aspect. I've never seemed to get very far because there are good arguments on both sides. Since I'm not the kind of person who wants to believe in something just to make myself feel better, um, the inconsistencies, quote unquote, the inconsistencies in the Bible had made me a skeptic. Although now I've come to understand what people call inconsistencies may just be a misunderstanding based on an unwillingness to look further than one or two scriptures. That is the truth. That will preach. That will preach right there. She says, admittedly, I want to be an undoubting Christian person, so I have to consider that my belief may be biased but it's something that throughout my searching, I've kept in my mind so that hopefully it does not affect my decision. However, just the fact that I'm designed the way I am makes me wonder, 
Is there a reason for that? Maybe there is something simply more than some deep-rooted need for people to believe in a supernatural God. Otherwise, why is that need there in all of us in the first place? And what she's, what she's saying here is, is, why is there this hunger for the truth in me? Why is there this search on the inside to find out if there's a God? And remember uh, what I talked about last weekend and a couple of weekends ago, listen. If you just have a hunger to know the truth, that hunger will lead you to Jesus. It will lead you to Jesus. It doesn't matter where you live, what, what religion you're involved in, what part of the world that you're from. Romans is very clear that God is drawing every single person on planet Earth to a relationship with Jesus. And if you respond to that, that, that drawing, it's gonna be a, a search for the truth a search for why you're here. That's what she's, she's explaining here. She goes on to say, there are oftentimes I go to the beach early in the morning to watch the sunrise. I do it because when I do, I experience an overwhelming feeling of gratitude to something greater than me, my creator. I feel love beyond imagination and I feel at peace. The problems of the world melt away and I'm comforted by something I can never describe. This of course cannot be explained and therefore cannot be proven, but to me, God's there and stronger than any argument a non-believer can give. This feeling is what has kept me searching at a time when I highly doubted the existence of God at all. And what does Romans also say? That all of creation testifies to a creator, that all of creation testifies and draws us to God. Listen to this. She says, I have been to several churches in the past and I left feeling like church was cliques of people at a fashion show and people who when they left forgot everything that was discussed and pastors who for whatever re reason did not reach me on any level. There were people welcoming you but there was something missing, a genuineness, authenticity. I truly, I, I, I didn't feel truly welcome and I didn't feel the most important thing, the presence of God. What have we been talking about in this series? That listen, you, you can't fake authenticity, that you can't fake acceptance. That, that's something that's it's, 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 it's either real or it's not. She goes on to say, she says, I now understand that our lives exist to bring us closer to him. Our struggles, the hardships, when we, the hardships, when we experience things, thinking there's no way I'm strong enough to overcome this. And, how can there be a God if he allows this to happen to me? These things are lessons for us so we can come to understand and grow through God's guidance in his word and interactions with people that come into our lives. I know this because it was due to my hardships that I, I took a step into Celebration Church back in 2012 and a step and, and went to that church hoping that I would find healing. I had no idea what I was in for. From the first day, I remember the feeling of going to celebration. The first thing I noticed was the greeter at the door. Something was different. I don't know him, but I remember his face and he shook my hand as if to say he was truly grateful that I was there. He was really glad I was here. <clears throat> um, I thought, wow, that's different. And everyone was that way. It's funny, the small acts of sincere love, you remember, they truly make a difference. 
the most impactful thing from the start was the feeling of love in the church that you feel from the moment you step in the door. Let me just encourage all of you who serve. You don't think that your serving matters? You don't think when you're out there in the parking lot or at the door or when, when, when you're receiving someone's baby in the preschool, you don't think that God doesn't use that? You don't think that that makes a difference? I did a whole message on this called How We're an Open Your Eyes Church that Jesus talked about or the Apostle Paul talked about out of Acts 26 that what before you can turn people from darkness to light, before you can turn people from the power of Satan to power of God so that they can receive forgiveness of sins, what? You have to open their eyes. How are their eyes open? Their eyes are open by the love and presence of God and people really living out what they believe. She goes on to say, in the beginning, I wanted to accept God into my heart, but I'm very spiritually shy. Um, She says, that's an understatement. I'm a shy person, so there was no raising of my hands or going down to the altar. That was out of the question, although something inside me was just persistent about me letting go, so every visit, it just came out in the form of tears from my seat. This was another strange thing to me because I'm not a crier or usually a very emotional person, but I found myself crying all the time in Celebration Church. I still don't understand it, but I feel it's a way of cleansing. I had a new issue every week. Come on, can anybody relate? I had a new... I had a new issue every week, parentheses. Yeah, I was a wreck. And God is my witness. That issue is what Stovall would be speaking on. Whether it was my failing marriage, issues with insecurities, issues with forgiveness, issues with giving up, or just issues about God or faith in general, I got to the point where I would ask a question one or two days before going to church. She would ask God a question the issue she was struggling with one or two days before going to church. And I could expect to get that specific question answered and without fail, it was. Look at this. To me, this is the proof that I had been waiting on. There is just no way on earth this could be a coincidence. Of course, this is only proof to me. Remember what we talked about in the series? What, what, that when Jacob called that place Bethel, what does Bethel mean? The house of God. Why did he call it the house of God? Is because every time he went there, God spoke to him. When you understand, listen, this is not just a building. This is the house of God. And if you come here with a hungry heart, come on, and you lean in to the word of God, God will speak to you. Listen. God will speak to you every single time. She talks about the presence of God. That's why in our worship, we're we're not just singing songs, we're bringing people in to experience the presence of God. If you ask God a question, if you come here with a hungry heart, wanting to hear his word, God will speak to you every single time that you come to church. She goes on to say, she says, uh, this was the, the proof that I had been waiting on, okay? There was just no way that this was a coincidence. She says, I sought him out and he responded loud and clear over and over again and so patiently through all my doubting. I truly believe that if you ask God to show you and prove to you that he is there, then he will. My next big step was tithing. Touch somebody near you and say, "Uh uh-oh. I love this. My next big step was tithing. 
my husband actually brought up the idea that we needed to start giving a full 10% of our income to the church, which I reluctantly agreed, although I had no idea how that was going to work. Since our income was barely enough to give the, to give the measly amount we were giving, we have now been tithing a full 10% plus for over a year now, and somehow the money we need is always there. Listen to this. I'm a realtor, and since I began to tithe, I do not even have to look for customers. New customers seem just to fall into my lap. It's really pretty amazing. People say it's because I'm lucky or that I have great personal skills, but I know the truth. I had those skills before. Nothing changed except my husband and I decided to take another step and put God first in our finances. Last paragraph, listen to this, I love this. Recently, I took a very big step for me. I'm tearing up as I type this. Pastor Stovall did what he always does at the end of every service and called me down to the altar. <laughs> I say me because I heard something in my heart tell me it was time and I was ready, I was so ready. So with the help of my daughter, I made my way down and stood at the altar and declared in front of the church my love for God and Jesus. And all I could feel in my heart was the same gratefulness to God that I only feel when I'm at the beach. But this was even more powerful because I was surrounded by loving, godly people. Remember what I'm talking about? I say, you know, sometimes people need help getting to the altar. Sometimes they, they need help. It's all through the gospels. People needed help taking that step of faith. Some people might need help getting water baptized today. You need to help them. If you know them, you need to ask them. She goes on to say, I would love to say I confidently strolled down, but that was not the case. This was huge for me. I felt shaking and unsure and insecure, especially because, yes, the tears were flowing again, but I did it anyway. Minutes later, my way to the car, on my way to the car, I thought back on my journey so far and thought there was no way I would have placed myself where I was, but God alone did this for me. I, I was a lost soul that somehow he still loved and never, gave, never once gave up on. There is still work to do in me, but I know that those struggles are so very con conquerable now because I have Jesus. And, parentheses, of course, Pastor Stovall's comedic entertainment during the services, so. <laughs> so thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm sure you get stories like this often, but oh well, here's another one. Celebration is a breath of life on these dead bones, and I know that so many souls are touched and brought to God through this church. Here's what I love, here's what I love. I'm going to do whatever I can to give back to my amazing church. In her journey, she said, this is, this is my church. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. This is my church. And the first person that we're baptizing at this 1130 service, we've got her on video. I want to introduce you to Anastasia. Hey, Come on. This is Anastasia. And Anastasia, on your profession of faith, in Jesus Christ and your decision to follow him, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus.
listen, watch, watch, watch. Stand up, stand your feet, stand your feet. Here's what I need. Here's what I need right now before, before we roll out and get baptized. I wanna ask you, I wanna ask you, listen. Is it your time? Is it your time? Listen, is God dealing with you about getting water baptized or getting re-baptized? Now's your time and here's what we're gonna do right now. Every single person, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in just a second. Every single person that's getting water baptized today, I'm gonna ask you in a second to raise up your, your hand and then we're all gonna come to this altar for a closing prayer before we go outside. And here's why, here's what I wanna let you know, and Clay was preaching about this. Did you know this? In Jesus' times, water baptism was the altar call. You'll notice when Jesus preached, they didn't have altar calls for people to pray to receive Christ. Why? Because from the Jewish culture, and you have to go to Israel to see this, basically getting water baptized was the altar call. That's why the Ethiopian said, look, here's water right now. It was like going to the altar and getting water baptized. It's so, so important that you do this, that you don't put this off. That Ethiopian, he had to stop his chariot. He was a very busy man. He was a treasurer for the queen of Ethiopia. Some of you, you need to forget about your lunch plans. You need to forget about that you didn't, that you're, you don't wanna mess up your hair. You need to forget about whatever excuse. There is no excuse for you not to be water baptized right here, right now. You need to stop your chariot and say yes to Jesus because there's water out there. Bow your heads right now on the count of three. If you, if you need to get water baptized or if you want to get water baptized, I want you to raise your hand. Come on, one, two, three. Raise it right now. Raise it right now. Come down here. Come down here. Come on. Come down here to this altar. We're closing it. Come down here. Come down here. Come down here. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Orange Park, St. John's, you need to get water baptized. Or you've been away from God, you need to get re-baptized. You got to stop that chariot. You got to stop that busyness. You gotta put off those lunch plans. Come on, give them a hand, everybody. Give them a hand, give them a hand, give them a hand. Come on, Orange Park, St. John's. You can just fill up the aisles, fill up the aisles. Come on, keep clapping. This is a great day, church. This is a great day, great day. But here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray right now. Each and every one of you that are up here. I know many of you have already received Jesus, but we're just gonna make that declaration of faith right now. And then there's some water right out there. There's water right out there at all of our campuses. And we're gonna hit that water, go public for Jesus, and put that ring on just like Pastor Clay talked about. Amen. Come on. Repeat this prayer with me right now. Bow your heads. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I declare my faith in you. Jesus, you died for my sins and you rose again. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I thank you for forgiveness and everlasting life. Jesus, from this day forward, I follow you, 
I belong to you and I display that right now through water baptism in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, give God a big, big hand. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.